Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Hello and welcome to VEASAN's Long Shots Genesis Invitational Edition. It is Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds here to bring you our betting picks, placement markets, one and done picks and everything in between. Real quick, Wes, Kelly and I met for just a second yesterday to talk about what we saw come out of Phoenix. Want to get your quick thoughts. If there was anything that you noticed, anything that you're taking with you into the Genesis this week from what you saw last week. It might not be this week, but perhaps next week when we get to the Honda Classic, uh, maybe Ricky Fowler really is back. Maybe he is on his way a little bit. He's been he's back with Butch Harmon uh, in the offseason. I think that's just a comfort level for Ricky. They're so familiar with each other. And, you know, he's put together a couple good starts uh, to the season. So maybe there is going to be an opportunity to get back aboard the Ricky Fowler train, perhaps next week at the Honda Classic. And then also see if Jason Day is for real. I think we've seen kind of a resurgence of guys that fell off the grid a little bit. We saw it with Keegan Bradley, of course, at the Farmers in San Diego. We've seen it a little bit with Jason Day. Now, can they make it stick? That's going to be the interesting question. Spoiler alert. There is uh, something going to be in the Visa newsletter tomorrow morning, Wes, that I wrote that says the exact same thing. So that is uh, pretty interesting that that is uh, that your take coming out of that. Kelly, you and I both talked about Ricky yesterday on the Monday pod with all of that. I mean, the more I dug into numbers after we got done, the more it does kind of point to this seemingly real kind of transition here once he got this new swing. And so I'm just a sneak peek here. I got a little snort of, of Ricky in some different markets out there. 
There you go. Yeah, I, I think the if you're just looking results oriented, it, it does look like you know Jason Day is a is a bit ahead of Ricky if we're if we're talking that right now, just comparing the two. But yeah, man, both both coming into nice form here, and uh, definitely, I mean, you could raise the question: Is one of these guys or both of these guys going to pick up a win on tour this year? I mean, they they are back in that kind of form. Definitely seems like it could be a possibility, uh, Wes. You know I love the Honda Classic. You're right. I already kind of got circled Ricky for next week. Uh, did, didn't do much with him this week, so I'll have to find out what, what Matt Brown is betting this week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. There's no doubt about it. I, any, look, anytime I can get Ricky on the card, I'm feeling pretty good about getting Ricky into the portfolio. That is something I truly enjoy. Guys, everything on this podcast, absolutely free. So please hit that subscribe, rate, review. Do appreciate the support. If you could take one second, hit the pause button and go down and let everyone know that they should be subscribers to this podcast. We do appreciate it for sure. Wes, your article up over on vsin.com, but give everybody a quick rundown here of what we're looking at at Riviera. Yeah, we're looking at another elevated event, so that's why we have 23 of the top 25 in the OWGR. Basically, almost every eligible PGA Tour player, with the exception of a handful that are in the top 100, are in this field this week. So did a little breakdown of what we're seeing at the at the uh, top of the odds board. Of course, uh, this being hosted by the Tiger Woods Foundation as the event organizer in Tiger Woods. By the way, in the field, they uh, released the pairings earlier what? Tuesday afternoon. And Tiger is going to be paired with his boys, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, for the first two rounds. So Tiger is going to play for the first time since St. Andrews at the Open Championship. So, you know, it, it gives the event a little bit more buzz with Tiger in the field, even though he's not anywhere close to the Tiger of old. But still, uh, you know, it's a, it's an anniversary, too. Of course, the Nissan L.A. Open back in 1992 was the site of Tiger Woods' first PGA tour start when he was a 16 year old as a sophomore amateur so you know back at riviera classical layout set par 71 73 22 on the yardage no water by the way on this course but kikuya fairway so if you remember tory pines a couple weeks ago same thing hitting into pretty big green 7500 square feet but they're going to be fast they're going to be like 12 and a half on the stem probably 13 by the time you get to sunday so this course has a lot of really, I think, cool intricacies. And if you're looking maybe for crossovers, Augusta, Torrey Pines South, PGA National, Quail Hollow, the Copperhead course in Ennisbrook where they play the Valspar, TPC Harding Park as well, I thought were nice correlations to Riviera. Yeah, as you mentioned, Wes, this is a, a course that I think is going to be defined by what we see on the greens here. Just super fast, tricky greens, toughest on tour from five feet and in fourth toughest from putts five to 15 feet. So that lets you know what these guys are in for once they do get on the greens. And then these fairways just don't get hit very often. Only 27 yards wide, fifth narrowest, fifth lowest driving accuracy rate on tour. 75% of approach shots come from 150 or more yards. And then a missed green rate of 44% with all of these deep, tough bunkers as well. And so Kelly, as we as we kind of look at this and we are trying to figure out how we're going to navigate things, I think this was, you know, not one of the courses necessarily that we can look at over the last couple of weeks that we've been trying to handicap. We do have to kind of shift our mindset a little bit as to how we're going about all of this. Again, no water, the, you know, obviously the, the difference, even just the type of grass on the greens, et cetera, et cetera. So we do have to go ahead and, and shift our models a bit. 
Yeah, and you go back to California too, right? So all mm-hmm. the all the narratives of you know these guys that play well in Cali go back. You know, we we, we pull right. back that that back into this week as well. Um, yeah, look, I mean, this is this is a tough course. You guys just uh, you know laid it all out. It's uh, it's not necessarily easy, you know, anywhere. I mean, it, it's another true test of kind of all parts of your game. Um, yeah, you, we talk about massive greens complexes, but the but the you know the massive trouble you can get in if you don't get up up and on the green. Uh, and you know, and just even listening to some of these guys talk today, it's just the the specific areas of the green you need to hit hit on and how much how much trouble you can get in if you're not in that specific uh you know the upper shelf where the whole location's at or what you know wherever it might be depending on the round so yeah it's gonna be like okay, this is a great tournament every single year i love it um I, I don't love the current i don't love the current scheduling that this and the honda are kind of back to back because these are two really tough courses that i i enjoy watching i would just wish they were kind of mixed more throughout the throughout the schedule um but you know we get what we get and this is going to be Another big, big time event, right? I mean, we talked everything last week about the elevated status of that event, all the money on the line and all these big names coming in and it having that kind of major feel heading into it. And you get all of that again this week, plus add Tiger Woods onto it. We got another great tournament this week, boys. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you bring up Tiger. And so, of course, you're probably wondering if you haven't been able to scroll down your app far enough to find out where Tiger's Woods or uh, Tiger Woods odds are right now. Uh, they just continue to drift. I think the sports books finally got the taste of people uh, maybe getting a little bit more savvy about golf betting because they yes. opened Tiger up at a much shorter number than it should have been. And that number has ballooned and ballooned and ballooned and ballooned. And Tiger is way, way down in the triple digits at this point where he should be right. I mean, Wes, as you mentioned, this is his first non-major or non kind of, you know, gimmick event in, in like 800 and something days. So, I mean, like we shouldn't expect him to come out here and honestly contend. I mean, the, the, the question really we should just be asking ourselves is, do we think he can even make the cut? Yeah, and and I didn't think that he could necessarily. I actually, now that I'm looking at the screen right now, I played a matchup this morning with Luke Donald against Tiger Woods. By the way, Luke Donald obviously has seen his better days as a player, but he's still playing. Mm -hmm. He's still playing every week because he's the European Ryder Cup captain. So he's getting regular spots in these events and out there week in and week out. I laid 120 on him this morning. And I am now seeing some 180 out there. Luke Donald laying to Tiger Woods. I did not expect that kind of move. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest, boys. I was as surprised to see Luke Donald in the field as I was Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm looking at a make miss cut number right now. Tiger plus 156 to make the cut to miss minus 205. And I think that is on the low end uh, for for to miss the cut odds. I believe I've seen closer to $3 on that. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is. Look, I watched a little bit of his press conference today. I mean, he still hasn't walked a full, uh, you know, a full seventy-two holes yet. Um, I don't know what to expect. This just seems like a warm-up for Augusta, yeah. right? I mean, like this yeah. is just like a hey, let me give a test run to see what my body can handle, and that will give me a good idea of how this is all going to go down. I mean, listen, Tiger has the choice of whether, like, look, it's his tournament. He has the choice of when he can tee off and when he can whatever and all stuff like that. His group? He chose 
he chose Thursday afternoon so that he goes Friday morning to where like he knows fr- by Friday morning whether he's done or not. Like, like he's getting out of there, yeah. you know, like he's not taking the chance on the 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 round getting delayed because of darkness or something, having to come back out and play a few holes on Saturday. It's like, no, nah, man, I'll play on afternoon on Thursday, morning on Friday, and if I'm cut, I'm cut, and that's all there is to it. I didn't even know. I saw they got released, but I didn't even get a chance to look at what the pairings were yet before Wes just said that of, of him playing with Rory and JT. I mean, if that isn't the most obvious pick who you're mm-hmm. playing with, I, I don't know what it, what is, right? Like that might as well be a round back home at Medalist or Bears Club in Jupiter for those three. Are you yeah, me? so I, uh, I am debating right now, boys, and you guys just got to talk me off the ledge because I don't know why Circa <laughs> oh, no, posted... Circa posted Tiger Woods head to head against Sam Burns, but there is a Tiger Woods versus Sam Burns head to head posted over on Circa right now, minus 600 on Sam Burns. And <laughs> I feel I like emptying the clip on this thing. Like, I, I, I mean, I feel like emptying the clip on this thing. Like Sam Burns would have to like go get injured. I think to not win this head to head. So, okay. Well, well, let's, let's talk about this. So, I mean, I mean the make miss that, do you feel you feel more confident in laying the extra juice betting that Matt I than mean, a than a cut at minus two two hundred two oh five probably I mean probably if you remember I mean yeah Sam Sam has had up and downs here at this tournament before if you remember though I mean he was he was leading this thing like heading into the final round a couple of years ago and ended up not being able to close it out but yeah just interesting stuff there no doubt about it top of the leaders board guys looks as you would expect John Rom. Plus 750 over at DraftKings. Roy McElroy, 9 to 1. Scotty Scheffler sitting at 11. Now, you're going to get some really big names coming up here at some interesting numbers. Justin Thomas at 14, coming off of a very good performance down in Phoenix. You get Xander Shoffley at 16. Tony Finau at 16. Max Homa at 20. Kelly Minchin heading back over to California. We know Max Homa loves these California courses, has done well here in the past. Colin Morikawa at 20. The odds. Not really worried too much about Colin Morikawa's performance this past week down at Waste Management, getting cut 20 to 1 on him. Can't lay at 22. Hovland is at 25. And then the interesting names at some of these numbers here Sung J M at 30, Sam Burns at 35, Spieth at 35, Cam Young also at 35. And of course, we will see some of these other guys that we'll, t- we'll get to whenever we get into the, the middle range. But when we look at the very top here, Wes, I mean, look. I think this is something we will just say pretty much every time we're at a major or one of these elevated events. It's going to be a short number on Rom, McElroy, and Scheffler, and it's probably deserved because we're going to look up come Sunday, and it is a very high likelihood one of those three guys, if not two of the three, if not all three, are going to be in contention on a Sunday at any of these events. Yeah, no question about it. Scotty, of course, took the number one ranking in the OWGR back from Rory McIlroy. And then you have John Rahm at third. So no real surprise that that those are the top three. And uh, Matt, you teased your piece for the Visa newsletter. Part of mine was about the elevated events that mm-hmm. we are getting this year. And the fact of the matter is, how far down the board can you really go? in these events mm-hmm. because you have you these events usually have great fields as they are but now the fact that they're elevated events when you're getting 23 of the top 25 in the official world golf rankings the only two guys not here of course are cam smith and joaquin neiman who are on the live tour when you're getting that it's like you know you want to hit those middle to longer range shots but they're just not as readily available i don't mm-hmm. think necessarily in these tournaments at least at least in terms of the early returns 
it's been shorter price guys. It's been Rom. It's been Scotty Scheffler, who was 12 to one or 14 to one, depending on where you got him last week. And I don't see that trend stopping anytime soon. Yeah, that was something we that I was agree. something we talked a little bit about yesterday, Matt. And that, that is, I, I think it's going to be tough to figure out exactly how you want to navigate that because I, I think I don't think it's something we can ignore. So I think it's either you know we talked a little bit about it last week too, Wes. You brought up the group the group bets, or is it you know being okay with playing less outrights and playing some of those guys at shorter numbers, or just playing less outrights in general, right, and focusing more on some of those other markets? I think it's something any, anybody's betting golf right now. It's a thing, and it's something I think you got to be aware of in, in in sculpting your bets around. Yeah, we're learning together, that's for sure. Because I mean, mm-hmm. it is it is wild how consistent too that it's like very, very, very rarely that if those three guys are all going to play bad, it's just not going to happen very often. And they're so elite outside of that. I mean, listen, Rom didn't really have his fastball this past week and finished third. You know, I mean, like that's yeah. that's like yeah. that's the mm-hmm. that's the thing here, right? It's like the guy is so incredibly good that he didn't, he didn't even have to have his best. And he's like beating all of these other guys that are like, you know, amazing players, but that's how good John Rahm is. Well, then Scotty Shuffler wins the thing. He's barely hitting fairways on, on, on in round three. You know, like, that's when I got in on a little of, of him live just to kind of save my tournament last week. But it was, yeah, I mean, those three guys, at the top, and, and look, I think there's other guys belonging in the conversation with Scheffler, but especially Rory and Rob. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're in another planet right now. Yeah. All right, Kelly, kick us off here with what were the stats that mattered to you as you were kind of putting your model together. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear from you guys on this too because I, I do think this course, it, this course, I think makes us utilize more stats than what I normally look at, I guess, and and what I incorporate into a model just because it is a tough test off the tee. You guys talked about it. It's going to Ben, you know, it's going to benefit longer hitters, but you got to keep it in these fairways that are extremely normal. We've seen uh, over past years that, you know, strokes gained approach that matters about as much here as anywhere else that you're going to play everywhere on tour. And we know how much that matters every single week. We have a couple specific proximity ranges. We kind of know that so many of these approach shots come from, and it's longer uh, yarded shots, right? 175 to 200 yards is a big, big range for pro- uh, proximity shots coming into the greens here. Um, I also looked at, you know, I think you got to look in, in around the green play here. If you're missing those, uh, we, we've seen how crucial that is in years past. If you are missing the greens here, uh, factored that in. As well, uh, par four, 450 to 500. I'm sure we all did a piece of that. Strokes gained par fives. I think you got to put, if you're going to make birdies, you got to make them on the par fives. Can't leave uh, birdies out there uh, on those holes. So those, um, I didn't I didn't go, I did three putt avoidance. Um, and then other than that, guys, I didn't try, I tried not to, how do I want to put this? Not confuse myself. I didn't want to go go too far down the rabbit hole looking at all kinds of different putting stats as a, and compare and contrast with my different models as well. Because there was, yeah, there's some other names spiking as soon as you go to POA uh, putting things. And I, I, that was one I, you know, I, I kind of chose to stay a little bit further away than lean heavier into this week. And I don't know, I'm going to guess you guys probably went the other way on that, but it it was, I was seeing such drastic different results on kind of some of the things I was running with POA that I chose not, it's something I'm, you have to be aware of, but I chose not to overthink it when it came to that this week. That sounds interesting because I, I think you and I did kind of have a different approach with it. So I'm curious as to how Wes attacked this. Wes, what were some of the things that, that you plugged in this week? 
it was a little bit of a combo platter. Mm-hmm. Of course, I did I did do approach. We do that every week. By the way, Joaquin Neiman, who won this event last year and had a little piece of him, he led the field for approach in his victory last year. So I kind of combined that a little bit with greens and regulation gain because even though these greens, like 7,500 yards on average, some of the largest on tour – or 7,500 square feet, I should say. 7,500 yards would be massive greens, but I digress. <laughs> I, could even hit, I could even hit that yeah. green. Yeah, I might be able to get it on. I might be able to hit that one. Yeah, I could do that one. Exactly. 12 foot on it. <laughs> Second hardest on tour, by the way, for greens and regulation. So GAR usually doesn't matter as much. I think it'll matter a little bit this week. I did some driving distance gain. The driving accuracy rate here is actually fifth lowest on tour, 52.5%. But the rough is not all that penal when you really look at it. So, you know, that's the kind of the path to least resistance, I guess, is the driving distance. But I still combine that with good drives gained because good drives gained is a category that still accounts for being able to hit the greens, not only from the fairways, but also from the rough. So I use that. Uh, 450 to 500, you got six par fours on this course that measure that. And then strokes gained par five. That was the difference last year for me cashing that Neiman ticket because he was 10 under on the Mm -hmm. par fives for the week. And he finished, I think, like three shots ahead of Morikawa, who was kind of on his heels, who ended up finishing second here last year. So the, the last seven winners, if you total it all up, 59 under par on the par fives, even though there's only three of them, those have got to be birdie opportunities or you're just going to be falling down the leaderboard. Uh, uh, with the with the greens being missed at such a high rate, about 44%, you got to scramble a little bit. So I did some strokes gained around the green and a little bit scrambling gained around POA greens because one of the interesting things about this course and just reading is how well bunkered they are. And if you, and if you hit it to like the right side of the green, it's like, you just might as well take your bogey because that's what you're going to get because the depth perception on these bunkers, you know, it seems like you're like 30 feet away when you're 30 yards away, you know, and just doing some reading on this course. So I did a little scrambling gained on POA greens. I also did a little bit of strokes gain POA putting zero to five feet, Kelly mentioned it earlier, toughest greens all year for putts less than five feet, fourth most difficult for five to 15 feet. So, you know, the sand saves are a little bit tougher because the bunkers are deeper, tough to gain strokes out of the bunker. So the short game is going to get tested. So you got to account for it in a couple. There's a couple different ways to do it. Putting or bogey avoidance. That would be another one. Three putt avoidance. So, you know, having at least one or two short game stats in there, I think will help you. Yeah, I uh, I kind of did a little bit of a mishmash of kind of everything you guys said. So I'm interested to see all of our results on this. So I went super heavy on driving distance. And it was a thing for me where I'm like, listen, if people are going to miss the, the fairways anyway, I want the guy to be closer to the hole that missed the fairway. And so yeah. these fairways being missed at such a high clip, I'm not necessarily saying, you know, the bomb and gouge thing is going to work, but if everybody's missing, then give me the guy that's 25 yards further down, you know, that missed and, and all that. So I went to, to your point real quick, Matt, I was, I was reading one of the writers that was out there today. I forget, I forget who wrote this. So I feel bad bringing it up, but it was what he was kind of making the point too of of that, that lie is going to matter so much when you're, when you're in that rough where it's, you're basically, you're basically, it's going to, it's so thick, but it's not that long, right? So you could be buried in there or you could be sitting on top and it might not be that tough. So, you know, his point was kind of the same as you're making right now is you'd rather be, regardless of that situation, you'd be rather be hitting the higher lofted wedge 
out of that than you know so th- than a than a, a shorter iron. So yeah, I, I think you're right. That that was kind of how I tried to look at it too. Of I'd rather be further down the further down the hole, you know, and hitting a wedge out of that than mm-hmm. hitting a hitting a seven iron, eight iron out of that. Yeah, so, like last year, eleven point eight percent of uh, of the strokes gained at Riviera came off the tee, where the tour average is over fifteen percent. So it's kind of like one of those deals where being an elite driver doesn't really matter as much here. So I kind of went with the, Hey, let me poke it down there and see, see what happens. So uh, I actually put 25% on driving distance uh, or, oh. and, and I went 22% around the green. It's one of the only times, maybe the only time all year in which I approach won't be either first or second when it comes to the weighted uh, amount that I put in for the model. But, I went around the green here. Look, if you look at the historical stats here, it's one of those deals where you're going to miss these greens at such an incredibly high clip. There's creative ways to play this course as well. Like you can kind of do the bump and run things and all that type of stuff. And I want those guys that have been good around the green. And so I did that. I also did a little bit of scrambling as well. So I double dipped kind of like Wes did. Approach came in at 16%. Proximity 150 to 175. And I did ignore the I did ignore the 175 to 200 because that would be kind of, I think, a little bit contradictory to the fact that I have put so much heavy emphasis on driving distance, right? Yep. So I won't like I, I I'm less concerned about the 175 to 200 bucket than I am the 150, 175 because I had longer guys come out in the model anyway, right? So that's why I just stuck to that one. Um I did put a little good drives in there just to, as a kind of a tiebreaker type deal. I have some sand saves as well. Wes, you mentioned these, these bunkers are brutal, right? It's like one of those deals where they're, once you get in them, it's like, it's, it's, you might as well just assume that you're going to bogey the hole. So I want some guys that maybe can save when it comes to some sand saves, sand save stuff, bogey avoidance and three putt avoidance. I put both of those in there. When we have these massive greens, it's something I always do in my models. When we have these humongous greens, I, I mean, it's just, I don't want the dudes that are three putting all over the place, right? Like I want somebody that like can, can lag it up there and then just take his medicine sometimes if he put it way, way, way away from the hole. So kind of something that I always do whenever I have these massive greens um, in these courses. So Wes, let's, uh, let's get to the models here. What did we actually, you know what, you know what, before we do that, let's head, let's head around the world with Wes Reynolds, shall we? Yeah. All right, we are going back to Asia for the uh, Thailand Classic. I did not, unfortunately, have Aki Stridham, the South African journeyman, who I couldn't even find a price on him. I think I read an article that it, that he was as high. He was triple digits to one, that he was as high as like 300 to one. This guy, by the way, did win a DP World Tour event last December at the Alfred Dunhill Championship in South Africa. So this guy, who's a 38-year-old journeyman, now has two DP World Tour wins in the span of three months. So... You know, a big bomb hit last week over there in Singapore. Uh, now you go to Thailand, first time. It used to be an Asian tour event. Now it's a DP World Tour event. A lot of the usual suspects here uh, that are at the top of the market. Nikolai Hoygaard, Jordan Smith, Robert McIntyre, Chorborn Olsen, Antoine Rosner. Those guys are all about 25 or 30 to 1 or less. Par 75, par, or par 72, 7,500 yards. In between Bangkok and Pattaya, Thailand, it's called a modest spring country club. So Paspalam used all over the place. If you're looking at greens, that's pretty much what you're going to get in Asia. So this they've hosted uh, some events here over the years, but 
it's been either Asian tour events or an LPGA event that they've hosted. So not a lot of like real recent form here uh, in terms of recent winners or guys that are kind of horse for courses. So you're kind of playing a little bit of a guessing game like you did in Singapore last week if you played that. Uh, I did go at the aforementioned Chorborn Olsen 22 to 1. He was fourth at the uh, Ross Alkaima Classic two weeks ago, missed out on the playoff. Progressive form is very good. Uh, you know, he's been, uh, you know, 45th, 30th, 20th, 16th, and then 4th. So he's a guy that I think is, you know, one of the more top class players that you would find in this field. So I went with Olison at 22 to 1. Antoine Rosner, 25 to 1. Three DP World Tour wins. They've all been on Paspalum. Seventh off the tee, 10th tee to green last week in Singapore. Ended up finishing sixth. Also was second in greens and regulation. Back on Adrian Otegi again. He started really slow for me last week, but did have a 66 in the final round. If you look, he's like kind of the stat guy in the DP World Tour. Seventh on approach, eight for strokes gained ARG, 12th in scrambling, 12th tee to green. So Otegi, I think, could go well here. Mathieu Pavone, 50 to 1, the uh, Frenchman. Back to back top tens, ninth at Ross Alheima and six in Singapore also has done well on correlating courses. I uh, was third in 2022 at Ross Alheima and then second and the Portugal masters in 2021. And then uh Shabankar Sharma, 66 to one uh, has not won in 2018. The man from India, but I think his form's coming around last four starts. He did miss one cut in Dubai, but he was second to Tommy Fleetwood at the Ned Bank down in South Africa, was seventh in a really good Abu Dhabi field, and then was 12th in another good field at the Saudi International. So I thought 66 to 1 was a little bit high, but those are my five for the Thailand Classic. Guys, you can get Wes's full breakdown over on VEASAN.com. You can actually become a VEASAN Pro subscriber for a little trial period here for only $9.99 to be sure. Head over to VEASAN.com and you can take advantage of that offer. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we will have all of the names that our models spit out. Which bets did we get in the account? What's our placement market stuff? What about the head-to-heads? How are we doing this? And of course, the one and done. Give us just one second. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. And we are back here on VEASAN's Long Shots, Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Guys, it is that time that everybody is waiting for. We want to see what model numbers came out and which way everybody went and uh you know listen i gotta admit and this is just be my my little mini rant here and then we'll we'll move on i was in arizona this past week and yeah, you uh, were. and being in arizona this past week i was able to bet on all these markets that we see on our computers and it was the most amazing and glorious thing that ever happened on the face of the planet it saved the tournament for me i was like like I, as we know i didn't hit an outright i didn't whatever Save the tournament for me because I was able to go down there, get in on these top 40s and top 20s and these all these different things like that. It was, it was so amazing. You guys, rest of country, I mean, it is, I'm envious of all of you guys. And, and listen, the other thing is, is do not forget about the live betting aspect of all this. And like, when I say the live betting aspect, I mean the actual live as the tournament is happening betting aspect of all this. Like we talk about coming in after round one on a guy or after round two on a guy, because really we have very little options to get in from a live perspective. 
Kelly, they run live top 20 markets. They run live. Know, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, like you can literally, <laughs> like you can see a guy like start heating up on Thursday on, on a, on a Saturday and you like you get a live top 20 number on a guy. And also it was, it's just so great. So again, um, be sure and take advantage of those things as you go at it. So Wes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. We just get live outrights uh, during the tournament these days. Like that's <laughs> been a, that's been a major thing that's like developed over the past year here. Yes, and and few and far between though. Let's like uh, you know, right? Yeah, uh, one yeah, to two shops. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna say few and far between. Imagine, imagine that if you put it up, people will bet it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I know. Seriously, it was price shopping was doesn't so take longer. Yeah, I know. It was so uh, it was so great. And uh, man, it is hopefully one day. Hopefully one day we get to play in the sandbox with you guys. Uh, yeah. All right, Wes, let's start with you. You ran you ran your model. What guys continually popped up no matter what version that you ended up running? Yeah, breaking news. Rory McIlroy <laughs> pretty much hit <laughs> in every say. single statistical <laughs> yeah. category. Yeah, he was up there pretty much everywhere uh, a, lot, a lot of Rory McIlroy in terms of the ball striking stats obviously a lot of Colin Morikawa now he is having some putting variants uh, was starting great his first couple events and then was kind of a mess down in Phoenix so we'll see if that ends up being a blip on the radar screen so when, when whenever you run like the the approach and the greens and regulation gain you're always going to get McElroy, Morikawa, a mm-hmm. little bit of a uh, Xander Schauffele and and Scotty Scheffler as well in terms of like the big name guys but when I look at the guys that maybe I was a little bit surprised to see at least on a few of these uh uh, uh Adam Hadwin uh appeared on a couple mm-hmm. Hadwin by the way had a very good tournament I had a matchup mm-hmm. on him I didn't have the foresight to bend any placement markets I wish I would have because Hadwin is always really good in the desert but he appeared on a couple things, which uh, really surprised me. And then uh, uh, another thing that did surprise me when I ran my around the green for the last 36 rounds, number one was Justin Thomas. Mm. And 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 by, by a decent margin, he was actually number one. Max Homa, of course, appears a lot on yeah. these around the green statistics too. You know, bogey avoidance, POA putting. So when you look at that, you're going to see a lot of those same guys. And then, uh, uh, you know, John Rahm, all the premium guys mm-hmm. appear at least on a few of these that you're going to have. You know, John Rahm was certainly up there on several of them as well. Kelly, yeah, let's start with yours. Well, I was going to say, does anybody not have in, let's say, the top 10 of their model is John Rahm, uh, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, are any of those guys not showing up in any of the top 10 of the models that you guys ran? Rory, Rom, Finau, Scheffler, Xander. Yeah, no, they're in the top 10 okay. of the majority of so the ones that I ran, yeah. They are top 10, everything that I ran. And then there's one other name in the top 10 of all of every model I ran, and I will be betting him this week, not on an outright, but I will be betting him. Jason Day cracks mm-hmm. the top 10 in every single model I ran, so... Um, look, maybe he's not back to winning yet, but he's back in a, in, in, in a rough, loose mm-hmm. company with those same names, at least with stats that we're looking at. That's, uh, that's, that's foreshadowing to maybe a bet that I have in, in, in my account a little bit as well. So I'll tell you the names, uh, you know, obviously the, the names that you guys mentioned are all showing up. Uh, I'll tell you the guy who kind of dominated mine though, was, was Tony Finau, Tony Finau, the yeah, way that man. I ran pretty much dominated. He was one or two in every one of the models on one of the places that I build on the other one. He was in the top five of every different version 
of the ones that I build. The other one allows me to put in for um, some some other interesting stuff. Like I can do the the weighted stuff in this other model and everything. So it's comparable to the guys against the field. And and so Finau, again, just stacks up really well against those guys there with everything. It was just, I couldn't get away from, from Tony Finau with all of that. Going to be on the betting card for sure. One of the other interesting names that continued to, to pop up for me and it's because the other site that I use, actually everyone always asks what I'm using. So yeah. I run three different models, right? So I run models off of Fantasy National. I run models off of rickrungood.com and I run models off of, of Data Golf as well. So like you can go in all of the sites. It's paid. It's a paid service now, so it's not free and you're going to have to pay some money to be able to use all of these. But you can, all three of them have different ways of going about building models. All three are obviously based off of different algorithms and all of that. And so when names are very similar across all three, that kind of gets me going on, on stuff. And so uh, one of the interesting ones that was coming up on the one where I can use the Europeans uh, statistics, because uh, over at Rick Rungood, they factor those in as well, as opposed to just the PGA tour stuff. And Shane Lowry popped a lot actually in, in all versions of everything, because he's got some pretty good European stats actually of, of late too. And so uh, he was popping for me in all of that. And he's at a big number. So as you can imagine, foreshadowing as to where, uh, where, where I might have a bet on all that. And the other one's Wyndham Clark, another guy that just continued to, to show up left and right here for me. Another guy at a big number, but um, at a big number that I feel like I'm okay kind of sticking in an account and and, and seeing if we can't get some uh, get some stuff going here. So, Wes, let's start with you. What outrights did you get into the account so far? Yeah, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to. I, I did bet Rory McIlroy yeah, plus yeah, 950. I, I get it. I, I just – look – had a top four in his last seven events. He was T32 in Phoenix. Uh, I think he's got some unfinished business here, too, because mm-hmm. remember, he was the 54-hole cold leader back here in 2020, and Adam Scott ended up winning that. But Rory, top 10 at the Genesis three of the last four years. When I looked at where he ranked number one in this field, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained total, uh, strokes gained ball striking, opportunities gained, birdie or better gained, Proximity gain 175 to 200, driving distance gain, strokes gain par fives, and strokes gain par four, 450 to 500 yards. So, is that good? Yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> it, that's why he's 950, I guess. You know, and, and, and I mean, you know, you're never getting that short price, but, uh, you know, I'm going to be interested to see how he's going to feel playing with Tiger. I think mm-hmm. nowadays it's probably more of a comfort level. For mm-hmm. he and the next player who I bet that is going to be playing with Tiger, and that is Justin Thomas at 16 to 1. Uh, T4 last week in Phoenix, best finish since the Tour Championship last August, second in the field for SGOTT last week, and then also led on approach in the final round where he shot the second low round of the day of 66. So I think Rory and JT are actually going to be comfortable with Tiger. It's not going to be like, oh my God, here comes the big cat, you know, here he comes. I think, you know, they're hopeful. I think that he's going to play well, but I don't think it's going to detour them necessarily. Like it used to be okay. There's so much pressure playing with Tiger, but I think these guys have played with him so many times, not only in events, but off course as well. I think they're going to be fine. Thomas, number one in the field for stroke gained around the green. And I think Poa is probably his best putting surface historically. And then uh, uh, the model, which I didn't mention, I know he was at the top of Matt's. Uh, Tony Finau, another kind of chalky mm-hmm. price at 17 to one. 
he certainly has some payback, you would think, coming in the positive way. He lost that playoff to Max Oma here in 2021. Uh, T5 and strokes gained T to green last week, two runner-up finishes here at Riviera. And then I'm not necessarily going to sell Colin Morikawa either. 22 to 1, he was a major disappointment last week, just was a mess on the greens. But I still think he's improved. He's won on POA before, of course, won at Harding Park back in the 2020 PGA. It was POA actually in Muirfield when he played the uh, 2020 workday when they had those two events when they were redoing the course there at Jack's place. So he comes back. He was T2 here last year, was actually third in the field for strokes gain putting. The approach game is obviously returning to top-notch form, number one in good drives gain. So I think Morikawa could go well. And then a little bit of a speculative play because if you look at the stats, he doesn't really pop. But if you look at kind of just recent course form, he's been very good. Victor Hovland, 30 to 1. Fifth in strokes gained off the tee last week at Phoenix, even though he's T42. Two appearances at Riviera's, fifth in 2021, and then fourth last year. And if you look at those two starts, he gained an average of 5.1 on approach and 6.9 T to green. Like Morikawa, the short game is going to have a lot of variance, but he's actually gained on the greens in both appearances here, ironically enough. And then I close it out with two vets. Uh, Adam Scott, 65 to one. I got a feeling he's going to be popular this week. He's a two-time winner here, won in 05 and 2020. Five top tens in his last eight starts at the Genesis. And uh, four top six finishes in his last nine starts worldwide has made the cut each start since the PGA. And there was an interesting article in Golf Digest. I think Ron Close may have retweeted it about why the Aussies do so well on Kikuya grass, if you're kind of looking for an angle, because we've seen Aussies play well here over the years. Of course, we've seen, uh, you know, Aaron Baddeley, I believe, was a former winner here. Adam Scott, Cameron Smith was in contention a couple times here. So you usually see one or two Aussies on the leaderboard, even though a lot of them are on the lift tour. Adam Scott is still here, so I like him at 65 to 1. And then uh, last one, Keegan Bradley, 66. I think he opened about 75. Runner up three weeks ago at the Farmers. Played well here at Riviera. Granted, it was like about a decade ago when he had a, a second, a 16th, a 20th, and a fourth. But he's starting to kind of work his way back toward maybe not quite the top level, but just below it. He's 21st in the official world golf rankings right now. That's the best since 2014 for Keegan Bradley. So I think he could go well again. Of course, he was putting on that POA. Uh, just a few weeks ago in San Diego where he was so good. And I think maybe he can duplicate it, even though he's a very erratic putter. Uh, the matchups, uh, 12 and three this year, two and one last week. Uh, the Luke Donald over Tiger Woods I mentioned earlier. If you guys are listening and you got BetMGM at your jurisdiction, there's still a dollar thirty-five out there. I think that's the market low, but some of the far away and offshore places, I'm seeing like 180. 185 so mm -hmm. you know if you want it 50 cents better of the number doesn't guarantee it's going to win but you'll take that kind of line equity anytime jordan spieth minus 135 over tom kim and patrick rogers minus 129 over kurt kitayama kelly bidlin i know there's going to be at least a, a name or two that he mentioned that is on your card as well all right boys i'm going right back to a couple guys that i played last week in the outright market xander shoffley uh max homa those are two guys look i played them both last week Max Homa, not a great weekend, uh, but both these guys, man, great history at this course. 
Uh, both up there in the models again. Xander, Xander's top five, basically everything. I think his ball striking right now is just a really, really high level. Uh, you know, even with the reports out there that he's still playing through kind of this little back injury he's got going on. But he he's playing great right now. Max Homa, uh, one, one here, you know, what, two years ago now. Uh, another guy with great co- course history here. I'm going. I'm going right back to home. I think he's a guy that is. We're we're finally getting in the price range where he should be at. Um, I was able to grab a 24 to one here in Las Vegas. I understand it's probably most books out there are shorter on him now. It's about 20 to one, uh, something like that. I, I do think if you are in a spot where you might be a comparing a guy head to head like Justin Thomas and Max Homa, yeah, I understand why you might go with a uh, Justin Thomas. But we're dealing with different numbers that we see here in Las Vegas. So 24 to one on an outright on him. I did like, and then Patrick Cantlay, this is a guy just on opening numbers that I did fire on a 30 to one, not as bit, not as big of a bet uh, here. Cantlay, not, not playing, you know, in an extremely recent form as well uh, as we're used to seeing him, but another guy with great tournament history here. Um, and uh, another California guy, I didn't even do this on purpose, but you got all these kind of California <laughs> guys bunched together that I'm not hating, right? Like it, I think it helps. Right. I, I don't mind that at all. Um, and then Siwoo Kim, you know, a guy I've just uh, never been able to quit over the past few years, but he uh, he ranked out uh, top 10 in a couple of the models that I ran. Uh, and when I say top 10, I mean 10th in the mm-hmm. those models that I ran. But, uh, you know, another great, I mean, a great ball striker, uh, really, really on top of his approach game now. You know, are we going to have questions about when he's, you know, forced uh, around the green? Yeah, but I, you know, honestly, what he's done around the green has been pretty impressive re- recently. Just looking at, you know, last 24 rounds, 32nd in the field, uh, you know, in that category. So something he's done a little bit better. Uh, he's just another guy, another guy that if he can get the putter going, uh, stands a strong chance this week. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see there, but that's a bomb play for me. That's as far as the, uh, as far, that's all I went on outrights. want to leave a couple bullets uh, available to get in live on this tournament. I do think that's going to be important. I think there is a lot of value at, actually at that top end of the board. Um, so I think there are some guys that I will be targeting to hopefully hop in live uh, at possibly a little better numbers if I can. Matt, I'll let you go through your outrights, and I'll circle back to a bunch of the finishing position and matchup bets I made because I did do a lot of bets there. Yeah, as I mentioned, Tony Finau just dominated all the models that I ran. I, I you know, look, 18 to 1 is something – a year and a half ago, there's no chance in hell that I'm playing Tony Finau at 18 to one, but like we've got real win equity with Tony Finau now, you know I mean? Like that's something that we didn't have. And if you kind of look, it's like, because he's not Rom or Rory or Scheffler under the radar, T14, T9, T16, T7, 7, 1. He was cut, but then one again, 9, T28, T5. He won, he won. Like, I mean, like the guy is... It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, he's not one of these, he's not one of the three super elites. And so he doesn't get kind of looked at the same way, but he's right there with these guys. And honestly at waste management, he's T 14 by losing two strokes putting. Right. I mean, like that is, that's something that I'm not all that worried about. And so uh, 18 to one on Finau just absolutely dominated every version of the model that I ran. I played Max Homa as well, 24 to one. This is going to be three weeks in a row for Homa, but I look, yeah. you just, you just can't deny what, what, what's going on right now. And I think we're seeing kind of the, a budding superstar. Like, as you mentioned, Kelly, he got pissed off at himself over the weekend. He was missing some shots that he didn't like. You saw him kind of throw a little bit of a tantrum and all that, but I, I mean, he's heading back to California. Of course, he's had a ton of success at loves this course has said it multiple times, how much he loves this course and playing here. And so 24 to one, I'm going to go ahead and keep taking these mid twenties on Max Homa because I feel like 
in about two months, we're not going to have them anymore. I, I don't yep. think that that's going to be the case with Max Homa. I took Sung JM at 33 to one and uh, Sung J, another guy that in every single facet of everything that I ran, I actually think that number's almost mildly disrespective on, uh, disrespectful <laughs> yeah. on Sung yeah. JM, right? I mean, like this dude is like way better than a 33 to one golfer and he is just a model of consistency. Now I know we need a little, we need a few more wins out of this guy, right? I mean, like yes. we need, like yeah. we, we need that. But again, I think that number has drifted to a point where I'll go ahead and continue to to fire on a dude that that plays well at difficult courses and has has always been able to grind and so like me some Sungjae and then the other shortest shot before I get to the three bombs that I played is, is Hideki Matsuyama and the thing that I am looking at here and guys I am no golf I I'm certainly not a a a golf scout by any stretch of the imagination but come on you were out there last week what are you talking but about? I walked around with him. He like didn't look injured at all. Like he was, he was playing with the crowd a little bit and like, you know, a little pep in his step and all those different things like that. Like if you look Hideki Matsuyama, the guy who we used to say like, Oh, you can't bet Hideki because he can't make a putt. He has gained putting eight of his last nine tournaments. Right. And like the weirdest thing this past week at Phoenix, he's T 29 losing 4.75 strokes on approach, which is typically the strongest part of Hideki's game. He throws darts, right? And so I just need Hideki to kind of get back to what we know of Hideki and getting him at this number, again, I think it's just a little bit, I think it's a little bit of that bias of him being hurt. I think he's over being hurt. Like I feel like he's healthy for the first time in a while. And uh, Hideki Matsuyama. Now the three bombs I have, I talked about Wyndham Clark guy just popped in every single version of the model as did Shane Lowry. You can get both of those guys at triple digits still. And it is just, um, it is just crazy to me how highly they ranked and being able to get them at triple digits. This is just a trust the numbers type thing for me mm -hmm. right here. And I'm not going to give the middle finger to my model. Right. I mean, like these are guys that were consistently in the top 12, if not the top 10 of, of various versions of things. And then, a guy that Wes will know very, very well because he plays uh, a, a lot around the world. But Adrian Moronk is uh, mm. 225-1. to one. He is actually oh, in the in the model where I'm able to factor in all the around-the-world stats and stuff like that. He actually comes in at like 16th in, in one of the versions. If The other one version is like 19th. And so if you're going to give me a guy at 225-1 to one that kind of comes in that highly... Uh, I'll go ahead and take him. And so I did that. Of course, a guy that's super long off the tee and I, I did weigh that very heavily. And I'm sure that plays a lot into why he's coming up so high. But that being said, over 200 to one on him, I will go ahead and, and pull the trigger there. Yeah. Wes, what are we looking? Oh yeah. Tell us about Moronk. No, I was going to say, I mean, look, this is a guy that has really risen up the rankings <laughs> and a, a very good chance that he is going to be on the Ryder cup team. It would be the first man from Poland to do that. I mean, if you look at the golf rankings, I mean, this guy's already qualified for the majors. And, you know, this is not a guy mm. that's played a, necessarily a lot of golf over here. So, you know, got to keep monitoring that golf ranking for for Adrian Moronk. Uh, but he he is going to find his way in. I think he's 52nd right now in the world ranking. But I believe, if memory serves me correctly, he did end – I think he ended the year inside the top 50. I'm just double checking. Okay, he was 52nd. Uh -huh. So he is right there outside the top 50 because that's where you got to be at the Masters. 
uh, or by like the uh, end of March. You got to be in that top 50 and top 60 for U.S. Open. So there's a reason why he's over here. And, and you know, one of the other things, too, not available to, to us here, but probably more of a, honestly, probably more of a top 40 play for me. You know, like I would probably be on him at a top 40 play, which, again, is available to, to you guys, rest of country, even a top 20 type play. But, uh, you know, we only get tens and fives and things like that here a lot of times. And so um, that's kind of why I sit where I sit with him on the outright. Wes, what did you have in any placement markets and what did you have from a head to head standpoint? Yeah, uh, uh, in terms of the matchups, gave those out earlier with uh, uh, Luke Donald over uh, Tiger, uh, Patrick Rogers over Kurt Kitayama, and then also Jordan Spieth over Tom Kim. Uh, I am going to do some placement markets. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do it with Rory because he's such a short favorite. So it's kind of like you just got to go with the win only option because you're laying, you know, pretty substantial vig if you want to bet him like top five or something like that. So that's why whenever you see like overseas guys tip, you know, shorter prices, Mm -hmm. it's like win only because it's not worth it for like an each way bet. I think for Rory now, everybody else, you know, I'll have I'll have top tens and uh, and top 20s on some of these longers and even. Maybe I might dab into some guys I didn't play on outrights that I will use in like top 40 markets. Like I think Moronk is a very good candidate for that. Kelly, uh, where are we sitting on your placement market and head to heads? Yeah, I got a lot here. Uh, tournament ma- tournament matchups, only two so far, although we're still waiting for mm-hmm. a couple books here in town to place things. Yes. Uh, yes. And, you know, one book to just start mm-hmm. working again, uh, period. <laughs> but I did, uh, I played home over Morikawa just at minus 110. Um, it's smaller bet there. Obviously I got, I got respect for everything that Morikawa can do. Um, just think I got a slight edge here with home of my, by my numbers. So at a minus one ten, uh, was worth a bet for me. Um, and then a guy you've mentioned, uh, Matt Wyndham Clark, I played minus one twenty minus one ten over Taylor Montgomery in a tournament matchup here as well. Um, and let's see, okay. Top 10. Uh, what I like to do a lot of times is a top, you know, some of these longer guys, what I'll do is a top 10, top 40 kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 75, 25 split. Right. You're playing the upside and then as well as just the kind of the baseline. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So see Wu Kim <clears throat> top mm-hmm. 40 minus 110 uh, on him. And then I played a top 10 on him at plus 750. Uh, so kind of going for the longer shot there, you know, back it up with the top 40. I'm pretty confident in. Uh, going back to the well on this one again in the top 40 market, Hayden Buckley plus 140, uh, playing him again after that cash last week. I got a lot of the same names, guys, honestly, as I did last week. Uh, and then top 20s, uh, fired on a few here. Xander uh, fired, in, fired on him big, minus 115. Tony Finau, minus 110, fired big on him. Uh, Max Homa, plus 125 there. Jason Day is where I, where I hit him here uh, pretty big, plus mm-hmm. 180. And then Wyndham Clark, one of my longer bombs, three to one, top twenty uh, on Wyndham Clark. Like you, Matt, he he was up there on a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I ran as well. Yeah, for me, just two top ten bets: Ricky Fowler plus five fifty, Jason Day at four to one. I like both of those guys upside here in this the way that they're playing. So I want exposure to them. I needed to get exposure to them, so I have them in top ten markets. I have three head to heads as we sit right now. I have Shane Lowry at plus one fifteen over Seamus Power. I have Hideki Matsuyama at plus 105 over Matt Fitzpatrick, and I have Ricky Fowler at plus 120 over Will Zalatoris. Now, the second and third ones, just the numbers bear out. I like Lowry better than Power. Like Lowry actually destroyed Power in basically every single one of the models that I have, so I was getting plus money on him there. But the 
the last two, uh, Fitzpatrick has come out and said as much as not being healthy, and the, yep. and and it has shown kind mm-hmm. of that as well on the course. And so I'm getting plus money head, going head to head against him on a guy that I actually really like this week in in certain in, in Matsuyama, and then Will Zalatoris did not play an event. All, by his own choice in which the first right. prize was $3.6 million right. this past week. Like, like he did not play that because he didn't feel like he could go out there and, and play to the level he wanted to. And now he comes back and I'm getting a plus 120 on Ricky Fowler against Will Zalatoris. So I will take that plus money against a guy that is actually on a heater right now against a guy that, that, that skipped an elevated event, you know, because like he, he didn't feel like he could play it and, and go out there and compete. And so I will take that each and every day as well. I said last week, guys, I wanted to bet Scotty Scheffler and I couldn't do it at the number. So I wanted some exposure. So I played him in one and done. Great. I don't have anything in the account to show for it quite yet, but I did hit the outright, <laughs> but I did hit the outright and I'm in top. I'm, I'm in the top 10 of two of the big, um, in two of the big tournaments that are, that are nice. out there right now. Well, cause I hit Homa and then I hit, um, uh, and, and then I hit, uh, Scheffler. So, um, you know, it could pay off in the end. We shall yeah. see. So yeah, you only got to hit like five more, right? <laughs> so I'm doing, yeah. So here I am doing the exact same thing this week. Uh, Roy McElroy is my one and done this week. He just, you know, again, if it wasn't for Finau, he would have owned every single one of the models as well for me. So one and done play of Rory McElroy. It's an elevated event. I want to go ahead and get that money early on. I'm not saving him for anything. This course fits him. I think as Wes mentioned, the comfortability factor of playing with Tiger, everything just lines up great for, for Rory here. So Love him as my one and done. Kelly, who's your one and done of the week? Yeah, Xander for me here this week. I'm going to use him this week. I, 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 you got to take advantage, especially if you're talking one and done. And, I, you know, if that's, uh, you know, we could maybe spend some time a little bit more on that on, on a later episode of just, mm-hmm. I mean, look, these elevated events, I mean, this the one and done and who you're picking matters a whole lot more, right? It, it, it's not the spot, I think, to go chasing bomb plays or anything like that. It's got to be guys you're pretty confident in. Uh, so Xander Shoffley would be uh, my pick this week. Wes, you're one and done of the week. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tony Finau. Uh, mm-hmm. He's had so many close calls on the West Coast. Has actually played very well to start the year. Just hasn't been able to put all mm-hmm. four rounds together. There's always one that kind of stands out that takes him out of a chance to win. But I don't think that's going to happen this week. I think he's going to be right in the mix on Sunday. Guys, I want to have a very quick little roundtable of some big names that we didn't mention at all here and kind of why we're off of them. I mean, listen, uh, Patrick Cantlay, none of us on him at 22. Victor Hoblin at 25. None of us on Sam Burns, even though I'm the biggest Sam Burns guy on the face of the planet at 35. Spieth at 35. Cam Young at 35. These are all guys that that, that none of us are on. I mean, the, well, the, I'm on Cantlay and, and Wes is on Hoblin, I believe. Oh, okay. So, the, yeah, so, the, so take those two away. <laughs> uh, the, the quick and dirty for me on Spieth is he's the one that I think if he ends up playing well here or wins this, I'll have the most regret because his short game is so great and I have valued around the green and scrambling so much in this that I didn't, he just, he just can't putt and like, and so like, it's just, it, I think it neutralized all that cam young. I just don't know. I mean, I know he just had that, that high finish over there overseas West. And you could have tell me about, you could tell mm-hmm. us better about the strength of that field that he had it, but uh, I haven't seen it over here in a hot minute. So that just kind of, push me off of him I, I um, think he needs I think he needs maybe a couple more weeks uh-huh. to kind of show something he didn't really show up Phoenix I thought he might uh another guy I think we're not really on this week is Tom Kim right uh yeah. who, who I think we all like a, as a player but now he's playing all these courses I think for the first time right. a lot of these events like early in the season like 
he might be a guy I like a little bit more when we get to the Florida swing. And what is our viewpoint on Tiger here, guys? I mean, like for me, I I think it just is a full fade. Like I, I just can't, I cannot get myself to a point where a guy that just, you know, has played so little golf and I feel, I truly feel like this is just a warm up, a tune up for him as it's to, to see where he's at physically. I, I just can't get there. I can't even recommend a top, uh, you know, a, a top 40 bet on because I, I think he's going to make the cut. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't made a bet yet. It sounds like, Wes, you have, and, 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 and Matt sounds like you're eyeing possibly multiple. Yeah. Um, if, if I was going to make one, it would just be the flat to miss the cut. But look, I mean, if, if you're planning on making that bet, I mean, you got to run and make it now, right? I, I think that mm-hmm. number's only going to get bigger on for him to miss the cut right. uh, as we get close. I would think, I, I like you said, kind of near the top, Matt, I think we are seeing just the more both odds makers and, and betters adjust to what Tiger is at this point in his career, um, you know, with some of those outright numbers kind of fading this week. So, uh, yeah, look, I think that could be a popular bet this week for him to miss the cut. So if you, I, that's the one I would make. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I don't think I'm going to end up making any on him, though. I don't. I don't. So it always makes me nervous, to be honest. <laughs> Wes, I would, I'll put it this way. If I bet him to miss the cut – and I and I lose that bet. It's one of the ones I'll kind of feel good about losing, right? I mean, it's like yeah, right. I, I, I'll feel right. good about losing because then Tiger's in a better place physically than I thought, and yeah. golf is obviously better if he's if he's better. But like until I see it with my own eyes, there's just no way, you know. Look, like for my matchup bet, we're never yeah. gonna you know whine and complain when we got sixty uh, cents the better of the number. Mm. By the way, still out there at minus one thirty five. If you got Bet MGM in your jurisdiction, mm. Luke Donald over Tiger Woods. Guys, everything we do on this pod is free, so please hit that subscribe. Go ahead, rate review. We do appreciate it. Help us climb the charts. More people can. Uh, you know, learn what we're doing and, and get golf betting a little bit more popular. This is honestly such an incredible way to bet sports. And so we are, we are super happy to be here each and every week and kind of share what we are doing in our betting cards, our placement markets, our matchup bets. And of course the one and dones as well. Take in Wes's article over at vcin.com 999 to be a pro subscriber over there for a limited time. And you can take in all of the stuff that's behind the paywall as well. And of course you can follow us all on the Twitter machine if you want to go in there and find us there. For Wes, for Kelly, I'm Matt. Good luck at the Genesis. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.